Rejoice, ladies and gentlemen. There is a Minnesota Vikings live football game tomorrow night, Thursday, August 10th at 9 p.m. Central Time. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Now it's preseason. You want to win, but that's secondary to everything else. What should we be looking for? We're going to break it down by position group and talk about what you should be watching for here this upcoming Thursday night when the Vikings take the field. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Score. You are looking live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode of The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, is the king of bourbon, producer Dave. Dave, what's in the glass? 512 IPA tonight. It's 105 out here today, and that's before the heat index. It's hot. I'm drinking beer. The last of my beer. Dave, I, I just want to point out that that sounds like an excuse for you not drinking bourbon, and we don't make excuses on The Real Porno <laughs> Show. You should know this by now, but we are not excuses-based. We are solutions-based. And let, let, here, let's, let's start here. Um, Vikings had a night practice on Tuesday night, and mm-hmm. oh, Dr. Proto with a good point. Need to add friend to Odie and Eclair to the intro. I'm sure we could we could get something added Add, with Odie adding it to the notes, Doctor Proto. I, I think I think that's very good. Uh, Eclair is about ten ah, ish feet away from me on the other side of the couch, and Odie is. I think he's still on his perch outside. There's it's a fenced in yard. He ain't going anywhere, uh, and he'll come in when he wants. He likes to spend time outside, just hanging out. He, I mean, he's a dog. That's what dogs like to do, right? So we are in a good spot, and. You can see my wife's nice decorations in the background. Oh, other side. <laughs> yeah, they are nice. My wife and I had a deal. I get the basement and I can do whatever I want. In turn, she gets the whole rest of the house and all I get is extreme veto power. What is that? <laughs> if I think it's an abomination that nobody should ever have to look at, I get to veto it. Otherwise, she can do whatever she wants. So if she wanted to put like a giant fat head of, of a Green Bay Packer helmet, I can say no. and you know what i haven't vetoed anything and it's worked out pretty well so let's uh let's start this conversation so the vikings had that night practice it was not full pads and i'm kind of glad i didn't go to it um because i think my wife would have been kind of disappointed because she's a she loves football too but you know spending her third wedding anniversary with a non-padded practice probably would have been a disappointment so it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the timing wise with the game tomorrow mm-hmm. night, it makes sense that there are shorts and shells and that's it. Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. It just sucks for the fans that all they got was. I think that's that. why they had the two night practices this year. Well, yeah, but I, I guess from, from our perspective, like in the term of professional wrestling, there are, it's called smarks. And it's smart wrestling fans, smart marks. And they 
they're, they're very inside. They know, they understand what's going on, and then they can tell you about it. We are that way too, Dave. We have, like, we get it. We mm-hmm. understand. It makes sense to us. You get it. Uh, like, well, one of my neighbors, his name is Alex. He's a phenomenal dude. He was talking about taking to his son to one of those practices. If he didn't know, and he, and he took him, and it's not padded, and it's just like super basic drills and not like the experience that you think it is, it's a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that's the bigger story. I think you should have had the night practice on Monday, and then Tuesday, you do the basic drills, and you do the simulated walkthrough, and then Wednesday, obviously, you fly to Seattle, you do your walkthrough, and then Thursday, you play the game. That that's what that's how you should approach it, and I think that was a little bit of a disappointment to give the fans a non like scrimmage like practice, and I think that like that's kind of how I I do it, um, Doctor Proto. I I see the rubber chicken. You know what? I should have a rubber chicken anytime Dave says something that I don't like, so then I can <laughs> I can throw the flag, and then we can get it edited out in post production. I've got uh, like flags. I have two dogs. They're both now Challenge. inside on the couch. Penalty. Um, I can throw sea salt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, here, here's and we're gonna get to the Vikings. I promise. But this is fun. This is banter. Is fun. So I am sitting on a couple blankets, and because Eclair is a rescue, she's not potty trained. Um, it's she's had a rough life. But we have blankets covering our couch, so it like if she pees, she's peeing on blankets. Yada yada yada. And if even if it seeps through, it doesn't seep like deep into the cushion, so you can clean the surface. All right. So one of the blankets that I have over me right now, it's a burrito. <laughs> it's just fun. It's a, absolutely fun. So let's talk about this Vikings team. And we're gonna go position by position. So if you are listening and you want to skip a position, you absolutely can. Um, I highly recommend you listen to the whole thing because we're gonna be talking about what to look for. And Let's start here. We are going to get to quarterback, and we're just going to go right down the line. One thing that you need to be aware of is the starters probably won't play at all, and if they do, it's going to be like three to ten snaps. It's going to be one series. They're they're just not going to play. Uh, They didn't play last year. They're probably not going to play at all this year, especially, and if you go to vikingswire.com, Judd Zolgad wrote a great article talking about Kevin O'Connell's change in his approach to training camp, where last year was very cautious. This year, the intensity has been upped, and the kind of prevailing thought is a lot of that had to do with the addition of Brian Flores. He's a very old-school mentality kind of guy. You know he wants these guys to hit, 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 and I think that's that's kind of one of those things. Um, digits, here's the thing with disposable pee pads as we get off topic again, which is one of the reasons why I love the comments. <laughs> it makes it extra fun for me. Odie likes to chew on them and he was potty pad trained when we got him so we had potty pads and you see him in the background he's chasing mosquito nice little shot of his butt you can see his legs they're very <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger like definition uh but he, he likes to chew it was like to chew on things and he would just chew on the pee pads and just tear them up so we gave up and we could try with her but we would rather have her just pee on the hardwood floor and we clean it up and then we we're rewarding her outside of right the second she's done going potty she's getting a treat like literally she lifts up her butt and i have a treat right in front of her with a lot of praise so 
<laughs> if you do the if you do the pee pads, you can do like sometimes it it hurts them in full potty training for outside because then they just want to go to the pads. So it, it it's a complicated thing, but I greatly appreciate the the offer. But these Vikings receive or uh, starters are probably aren't going to play. There are some starters that will play. You may see Brian Osamoa in the game. You may see Ed Ingram get a good amount of reps. You may see. Uh, maybe like a Cam Bynum because you have this weird logjam at safety where you have multiple players who are good. A Caleb Evans because he's coming off of those concussions and he's got a full clean bill of health. And I'm not saying that he should or shouldn't be sat, but he played less than 200 snaps last year. So <laughs> getting some of these players extra reps as starters is probably a good thing. And you may see CJ Hamm and Josh Oliver get reps because we don't have a backup fullback right now. And those are some guys, Kyrus Tonga as well, at nose tackle, uh, was listed on depth chart as first team. Those are some guys that may play as starters, but they won't play that much. And you're I not today that Jordan Addison will be getting snaps as well. You know what? It wouldn't be shocked. He's a second teamer. Get his feet wet. Get him in the first quarter. Have him play a few series. Get him snaps in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get the hey. I played my first NFL game jitters out of it, and I think that's probably the idea behind it. And I think there's a lot of merit to that, Dave, in talking about just getting these guys comfortable, getting them in a position to have just they don't one of the all right word vomit there. The first regular season game comes around. It's not going to be the first time I've ever taken the NFL field. I think that's very important because it's they are different. They really are. And well, rookies need reps. That's yeah. a simple fact. The more reps you can get rookies, the better. I don't if they're starting or not. You know, it, like Jordan Addison is assumed to be wide receiver two slash three, whatever you want to put it. He's going to get a lot of game time when the season starts. Mm-hmm. But you also have like Makai Blackman who now seems to be the number one on the depth chart for nickel corner, those guys need snaps. You've got to feel with your whole body and soul what it's like to play in the NFL, even if you're playing against guys of equivalent level and you're not going against starters. You need to know what it takes to be hit by somebody that weighs 350 pounds and can run a 4-5. Yeah. D- Davey, did I throw a wrestling reference in there? I don't think I did. Smarks? But, yeah. Oh, Smarks. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely did then. All right. So let's let's get to talking about the quarterbacks because I think we made a good point about the rookies and about some of these young guys really being able to that, like see some action. Um, I forgot who's uh, my worthless opinion. Pull me. Can you change your name? I feel I feel like a jackass every time I say my worthless opinion. I find it funny, <laughs> but like your opinion's not worthless here. Uh, yeah, but that requires me to think, Dave. I'm not here to think. Here to <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to see any of those guys because they've all played multiple seasons in the NFL. They don't need this, especially Davenport, who's had a weird run of not playing in practice. And I think that's, by design, uh, it also could be injury based. We really don't know. It's kind of a mystery. Oh, no, I want to um, see, see a little bit of him, whether it be whatever position. 
I want to see him outside. I want to see him at the five. I want to see him at the three. I just, I want to see him. That's, mm-hmm. I want how much we're going to see of Brian Flores' defense is questionable. I think we're going to see some aggression. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of the blitzes and all that sort of stuff. We may see a couple, but, but he's going to want to see these guys, young guys and the backups, doing things like that. So, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see some of his basic blitzes. Uh, everybody should be aware, and if you're not, I highly recommend it. Brett Coleman um, on YouTube uh, did a video of the 2021 Dolphins playing against the Ravens. He ran the same blitz 40 times. <laughs> and they beat the Ravens. And just a heads up, Dave, my headphones are dead, so I can't hear you, but I am charging. So we're just going to kind of go with this. Um, and the big thing here is, because of Brian Flores' defense, you can run some of those base blitzes everybody already knows you have. It's like running a corner blitz. Every, like Everybody who's ever studied a Brian Flores defense is going to understand that he's going to mug the A-gaps, do simulated pressures, and he's going to have these, these zero blitzes with a couple of guys dropping off to try and overload a side. Makes complete sense. If you're doing the same thing that everybody already knows you're going to do, Dave, it's not a big deal. And I think that's the key here where you're having these conversations about blitzes it's it's objectively fine to be running the same thing. And you're not giving away any trade secrets. It's like Kyle Shanahan running wide zone. It's everybody knows you're gonna run wide zone. It's like you don't you're not gonna do some intriguing variations where you're gonna try and send Debo Samuel in between the tackle and the guard to sneak out for like a wheel route. You're not gonna do that kind of stuff. What we're gonna do is just base concepts. And that's a base concept for him that everybody knows exists. So I think you're going to see some of that. And that's okay. I, I'm i completely fine with that. Uh, would you agree, Dave, or do you have a different viewpoint? No, I agree. I, I fully expect to see some of that tomorrow night. And I want to see some of that tomorrow night. I don't want to see sitting back in shell with the safety sitting deep and the corners backed off 10 to 12 yards, just sitting there twiddling their thumbs while the offense is doing something. No, I want to see movement. I want to see some actual, hey, if I if me as that backup guy has to get into the game on a, on a reg, during the regular season, I want to go full out and I want to play it right. This is my chance to go full out and learn and make mistakes. Hopefully not make mistakes, but learn, learn the communication, do all that and go uh, 100% at game speed with full contact tackle to the ground. I want to see that. We haven't seen we haven't seen tackling to the ground yet. And we're not going to unless they're in the game because even in the joint practices coming up this week and next, you're probably not going to have tackling to the ground. You're going to have some heavy hitting and everything else is going to be 100%. But they're going to try to keep it controlled. Tomorrow, I want to hear the oofs and the smacks, and the pows, and the ow, and the, all that noise, and grunts, and snot-blowing, you know, atmosphere of a football game. And the players need to get into that. It's part of building up your body for 
playing football. You've got, we did years and years of up downs, up downs, up downs, and taking hits and taking hits. And you're, you're firming up your body just like a boxer would. They need to do that now at this level. This is that next level of training. They need to get it. And I can't wait to see it. Dave, I have to ask you, were you describing a football game or an episode of 1960s Batman with Adam West? <laughs> well, uh, sort of both. If you, <laughs> um, what's his name? The great host passed away a few years ago. Coach uh, Madden, John Madden. He would boom, pow, bang. You know, he'd make those noise. And. But that's how football feels. When you actually play football, it feels that way. If you get your bell rung, you know, coming in, defensive end coming in, he's got his shoulders down, he's looking in the backfield, and suddenly the pulling guard hits him in the ear hole. You hear the tweet, 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 and the stars floating, the whole, that happens. That's where that stuff comes from in the cartoons. Yes, it absolutely does. And the process that Dave mentions, and I will give a nice another wrestling reference. It's called callus, and we have them on our feet. Um, those who work blue collar jobs have them on their hands. But the whole idea of a callus is you toughen yourself up to what you're dealing with. So in football, the more you get hit, the easier it is to just take one hit. In professional wrestling, just taking a bump. So if you just get clothesline, you land on the mat. Like just that process, you get callous to it and you, your body adapts and toughens up. And I think that's, that's a very important thing that Dave mentions here in this process. But let's get to these positions because we have rambled for 20 minutes. And let me tell you, I could ramble all day long. But as ODC is in the background searching for a mosquito to kill, which he will never get. He loves chasing those little buggers. But we're going to talk about positions, and let's talk about quarterback. Quarterback is going to be pretty easy. You're likely getting Nick Mullins in the first half and Jaron Hall in the second half. The key is going to be here, how well do these guys both play? Mullins obviously has a lot of experience, and I think it was his first 16 games as a starter. He has like the second most passing yards. He's top five in passing yards ever in the first 16 starts. That's pretty impressive. Uh, but he's does not have the record to match it, um, and he's very inconsistent, and his uh, touchdown-interception ratio is almost at a one-to-one. If Jaron Hall gets more second-team reps next week and they like kind of flip-flop, then you know that Hall is doing a lot of really good things. He has been doing more and more, and when it comes to what the drills are in practice, and it was initially that Jaron Hall would just go do handoffs with team uh, behind the the throws, but he started to mix it up with the with with like uh, individual like one on ones with the receivers and corners. So he was taking some of Nick Mullins' reps there, and that's important because that shows growth. Kevin O'Connell likes where he's at right now, and I think that's important. Uh, we'll see how he plays in game one. Note, unless he is over the top great or goes like 0 for 15 bad, don't overreact to this game. It's <laughs> the first time he's ever set foot on an NFL field. 
And if there's good, that's awesome. But there's going to be bad, and we have to understand that. So just hold your expectations, be careful, and understand like, hey, these guys are going to have these guys are going to have fun. They're going to show some warts, and that's fine. It's preseason. Let them stink. Let them figure it out. Let them learn on the fly. But that's kind of what we're looking at with the quarterbacks. It's just who's going to play better and. That's about it. Well, early in the preseason, Darren Hall, it was a friend of the show, Matthew Collar, said he seems to get it mentally, right? Unlike Kellen Mond last year. So if he seems to get it mentally, that's great. But it's sort of morphed over the last couple of weeks to it's still not coming up to speed quite yet. He may understand it, but the, the game speed isn't getting there, and especially if he gets pressures, pressured, he tends to fluster because it doesn't click in, oh, no, I got to do this at the moment. So I hope not to see that sort of panic of, oh, no, I've got a defensive lineman in my face. What do I do? But more of, all right, I'm settling in. I can play at this speed because it's an adjustment. Let's settle in. Let's get going. Yeah, maybe the first time I get smacked around. Second time, it's like, all right, I know what to do. I hope to see that tomorrow night. And your mic's muted. Yeah, I, I had my mic muted because of the, the headphone thing. I didn't want to get reverb. But uh, I was getting my headphones back in, and I, you were talking about how Jaron Hall's processing just isn't quite there yet, correct? It's not up to speed. It's, it's his yeah. processing. He gets on what he needs to do. It's just, it's not. It's, it's like not running a NFL Windows 95 speed. computer in nine, in like 2004. Like right. it's, it's, it's objectively fine, but there's just better. And he needs, he needs to improve that. But at the same time, it's okay that it's slow right now. If it's slow in three months at this same exact level, then we should be worried. I've seen some growth. Uh, he's making when he's throwing the ball, he's making good decisions with it. And I think that's really important too. Now he just needs to marry the two. Something we've talked about when you enter the NFL, your brain is here. Your skill is here. And eventually they level out. And eventually your brain takes over because your body just starts to physically deteriorate. Right now, Hall's brain is down low while his talent is up much higher. He's got to try and marry those two early, the sooner the better. And because he's 25 years old, it, it, it would be nice for it to be sooner. But it's, <laughs> it's not the end of the world here when we're having these conversations about Hall because he's, he's going to be fine. And I firmly believe that he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league. But it's it's a it's something to be aware of that he's just not fully processing and that can be a number of different reasons and we'll see how he develops. Running back is going to be very interesting. I'm not expecting Kane Wangwu to play. He has been injured and he has not practiced uh, for a considerable amount of time. Um, I believe it's over a week. And Ty Chandler is looking like the guy who's going to get all those running back two snaps. Look. It's Wangwu was the running back to coming out of minicamp. He is currently listed on the depth chart, but let's just be honest. The, the depth chart 
was lying. Uh, they they just, <laughs> they they just didn't update it, man. Like they just they didn't. And you know what? They don't have to. It's not an official depth chart. They even said on their website it's an unofficial depth chart. So, like I think Chandler is going to end up winning that job. That has been my prediction since they ended up re-signing Madison and letting go Dalvin Cook. It was my thought before that. Well, even Coach I really O'Con- like Ty Chandler. Even Coach O'Connell said, take that depth chart with a grain of salt. The only <laughs> reason they put it out was because the NFL requires the f- that it be put out, one be yeah. put out at that time, but not to do it. Now, you mentioned Kane Wangu. Mm-hmm. Kane's hurt somehow, some way, some whatever, because he's missing time. He isn't the only one that's hurt and missing time. We have, not that we'd see him tomorrow night, TJ Hawkinson with an illness, right? What that illness is, he's sick of waiting on his contract extension or whatever it is. He's got an illness. But there's, oh, it just slipped my mind. I wish those brain cells would come back. Oh, That's because you're drinking beer instead of bourbon tonight, Dave. This is your that, fault. That it is probably a hundred percent. There's uh, the other one. Oh, who would we expect that isn't there because they're hurt? Besides Wang Wu, that we expected is higher on a depth chart. Not going to go through. And I'm not talking Booth. We should see Booth tomorrow night. Hopefully, let's see. Who else is missing that should be there that hadn't played in like a couple weeks? Oh, Naylor. Jalen Naylor. Uh, yep. Jalen Naylor, you know, was doing great. And then suddenly, some minor injury. He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. Reminds you of, it's just a tweak. We haven't seen him. Yeah. I don't, and I... I th- I think the injury thing, we're going to get a report before the game tomorrow on who's not going to play. We did it every game last year, and we're going to get them this year. So I think we're going to get a better, uh, whatchamacallit, um, a synopsis of where things are at. And I'll be honest, I kind of like this three preseason game policy nowadays, Dave, because mm-hmm. the season starts at the exact same time, but you get more training camp practices to get comfortable, to get acclimated, to build team chemistry before that first game. And the first game is going to be less of a, quote-unquote, disaster. And I say <laughs> that with air quotes because they're not bad, we'll but you, def- you definitely see opportunities for improvement. You see opportunities for, like, hey, they just stunk, or there's no cohesion. You see that build throughout the rest of the preseason. Well, they have gotten a lot of that stuff out because they've been doing these scrimmages. They've been doing a lot of team drills. They had that night practice last week that was good and not the bad one yesterday. And I think those things help. And I'm really excited to see how that's going to translate into tomorrow night's game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Now, but you talk about the, the first game horrible. I was thinking regular season. Regular season game one, you always see some teams that aren't just quite getting it and aren't there. And that's why week one can go any direction on games. You can have bad teams beat good teams. 
And it's just like, oh, wait a minute. And then everybody starts to sink in and get into that regular season style of play. Um, but it is what it is. Let's All right, see. let's go. Let's go to fullback. CJ Ham might play, he might not play. That's it. Otherwise, we're going to see a lot of twelve personnel. We're going to see those tight ends like Nick Muse, Johnny Munt go back into the backfield and play that fullback position. So that's really all we've got there. Wide receiver, you're probably not seeing any of Justin Jefferson or KJ Osborne at this point. I wouldn't expect to see Jalen either, either because of that aforementioned injury. Tristan Jackson is a big wild card as well. I wouldn't expect to see him. I don't think he's returned to practice yet, but he did have a really, really good, uh, like. Um, outlook on that injury. It doesn't look like it's anything super serious. It looks like he may be returning before preseason ends, which is good for him because he looked like he could earn a roster spot. Here are the guys who you should really watch out for. You should watch out for wide receiver Brandon Powell, Blake Prohl. Those two guys, I wrote 10 players that really need to have a good practice. I was sorry about Garrett Mogg, but it's because Mogg has been really, really bad during practices. And I compared his hands to cinder blocks with stickum. <laughs> because he just drops he drops a lot, but he still catches some stuff. And that's the stick him. It's like he's he just got rough hands. He needs to prove that he can he needs to prove he can last. And right now I don't think he can. He looks like the worst player on the field. And look, if you're the worst player on an NFL field, you're still like eons better than all of us. So like that's not even really an insult. You're still a tremendous football player. You're just not up to the level of these other guys. Brandon Powell how much of the practice stuff is a facade? Is he going to be able to handle getting punched in the mouth and still do everything he's doing in practice? Can he still run a crisp route against press coverage that's that's going to want to just destroy him instead of being a teammate? Like These are the kind of questions that we need to answer from Powell. Can you do it in the game setting? I've never seen him do this in a game setting. I've been watching Brandon Powell for a long time. This is really surprising to me, but it's not something that's completely out of the realm of possibility. So I like it. I, I like what he's able to do, and I like how he can potentially help the Minnesota Vikings. What we need to see it longer. Blake Prohl hasn't played a football game, Dave, since mm-hmm. it's either 2019 or 2020. Wow. Like, he's never – he didn't play in the NFL. I think I, I'd have to look um, because the thing with Blake Prohl – um, okay, so he played in 2020, so he hasn't played a game since 2020. Um, he got to the NFL in 2021 as UDFA, tore his ACL pretty early in training camp, and then missed all of training camp last year, ended up on the PUP list, and d- had, didn't play a snap for the Vikings during the regular season. So he's a few years removed, but his routes have been really crisp. They're explosive in and out of breaks. He's making the dramatic catches, like the contested balls. Pearl's had a tremendous camp, and I want to see him translate that into success on the field against the Seattle Seahawks. This receiver room is surprisingly deep. It's a good, good group. And there are going to be a couple players that don't make this team that you're like, oh, man, I really thought that guy should have made the team. It's because the receiver group's pretty good. And the weird thing is here, and I want to throw this out because I think. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The receiver okay. group is pretty good. Yeah. Is that these lower end receivers 
are serviceable, so we think they're pretty good because we've always had the top and then an immediate drop-off. Could we be falling into that trap and that if these guys went to anywhere else, they're still going to be, at best, wide receiver five and six? I, I think he, you have Brandon Powell who could potentially be a wide receiver three, but he you'd probably keep him in the slot. Jalen Naylor is a big wild card. A lot of people are really high on him. I was not that high on him, but I will say the one time I did get to see him practice, he looked pretty good. So, like, what is there? That's a big wild card here. I think these guys that we're talking about being pretty good, ceiling's probably like a low-end wide receiver three. So you're talking about the fourth, fifth, and sixth guys on the roster, but they're serviceable. They're quality. Think Matthew Hatchet. Mm -hmm. Decent player. Nothing special about him. But he, when he called upon, played pretty well. Like, maybe the ceiling for some of these guys is a Kelly Campbell. Like, he contributes. I'm, I'm not expecting any of these guys to be the next Adam Thielen. But it's noteworthy when you see these guys practice this well. And you have to take some of it with a grain of salt because these drills are built for wide receivers to look good and corners to look bad. So that's why these games are so important. I also want to see Thayer Thomas because he is running some of the best routes in camp, but he also is as slow as my dog. Like he's, he's just not an athletic <laughs> specimen and he is a technical master, but he just doesn't have any zoom zoom. And how much of an issue is that going to be for some guys? They can still get open and be successful in the league. Michael Thomas of the saints, the uh, nicknamed slant boy, the dude is a route running master and knows how to use every uh, like volumetric inch of his body to his advantage and carved out a really good career because of it. It hurt the last two years. But before that, he was one of the best receivers in football, despite not being super athletic because he knew how to use his body. And with Thayer Thomas, how much is that athleticism going to hurt him? I don't know. I want to see it. And that's kind of the scope of what we're looking at here. I want to see how these guys perform because it's just a different level from practice. And it's going to give us a really good synopsis on those wide receivers, like five and six spots. I would assume Jalen Naylor has already made the team, but he's a six round pick from last year. So you really can't assume that if let's say Tristan Jackson, Brandon Powell and Blake Prohl all outperform him, he may get cut. Like that's not out of possibility here. So the top three spots are for sure locked. Fourth, I would say with Naylor's a soft lock, and then they're fighting for wide receiver five and potentially six, depending on a lot of different factors. So that is that's kind of what we're looking at with the receivers. I don't know how much Nikhil Harry and Jacob Copeland are going to play since they just got here on Monday, but there's a good chance that they will because this is the NFL, and -hmm. a lot of what you're running is pretty basic stuff, and you should be able to learn pretty basic stuff in four to five days. Let's get to tight end. You're not going to see Hawkinson. He's still battling back from that illness. My guess is he got the flu. Um, That is complete speculation. They said illness. So take that for what it's worth. Could have been food poisoning too. Let me tell you, food poisoning and that kind of stuff dehydrates the living crap out of you. And it's very annoying and frustrating. So we'll see when he's able to like really turn it on. Um, Because it's so early in camp, unless it – He's still dealing with this in two weeks. I'm not worried about it. 
Josh Oliver, you could see him a little bit because he's the second tight end. They may give him a few snaps right away in the first couple drives and then take him out. See a lot of Johnny Munt. You see a lot of Nick Muse. You're going to see a lot of Blake or sorry Ben Sims. You're going to see a lot of Colin Thompson. Um, I want to see a lot what Nick Muse has. Is Nick Muse a guy that you want to roster? Is he better than Johnny Munt? That's the question we're asking. Because we're hearing not that Munt's better than Muse. Muse hasn't taken that step. Munt's had a pretty good camp. Yeah, but like I've always said, you draft. A tight end for his next team. And Muse is on his rookie contract. He's technically not on his rookie contract anymore because well, he got waived and then put on the practice. Right. He's, but he's on, like, yeah. He's within his it's, first four years. Mm-hmm. So, tight end, we'll see how those bottom end guys look, but it's basically Muse versus Munt. If Muse is going to make the team, he's got to show out. Offensive line, I want to see Vidarian Lowe. That's pretty much what I'm going to be watching. I want to see him play left tackle. I want to see him, uh, how he handles pass rushers, because we're going to see probably some speed off the edge and how he's going to handle some of those moves and counters. And he's not the most athletic guy. He was like a 36th percentile athlete coming out of Illinois. But they really like him. Luke Braun, Lockdown Vikings, I was sitting next to him at practice. He mentioned how the footwork has drastically improved to him. And I think that's a really, really good sign in team drills on Monday. He was great that he didn't allow any sacks and he was holding up his end of the bargain with the ones pretty well. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that goes. I'm also excited to see like guys like Alan Ali, Jackie Chen, the UDFAs that the mm-hmm. Vikings brought in, in the offensive line, because you just don't know with UDFAs, and offensive line is a really good spot, especially guys who can play multiple positions. Allen Ali can play all three spots on the inside. Jackie Chen, I believe, can play guard as well as tackle. If you play well, you may get that final offensive line spot because you can do multiple things. And that's why I'm excited to see those guys. And I, I'm the the two other tackles that we signed last week, I don't really see them as camp potential bodies. candidates to make the practice. Yeah, camp bodies. Ali, I'm high on because he's got a lot of experience and he's a technical guy and he's got centered experience. And Jackie Chen is just a really intriguing guy that people thought could have gotten drafted because he's 6'4", 310, and a really good athlete, but he played in D2. Vikings tried one of those guys, Kyle Hinton. It would have brought him back this year, except he got a, a pretty decent payday with the Atlanta Falcons to go down there um, as a... Um, on a futures contract, mm-hmm. which is basically, hey, we're going to give you a contract that says you're going to play for us come uh, the preseason. So it's a very normal practice. The Vikings, I think, signed seven of them this year. And yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at there. Defensive line is where all the intrigue is, Dave. Kyrus oh, Tonga. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. What? I want to see Schloter play some more at center. Since he's backing up the primary Schlotman? backup. Schlotman, yes. Well, Schlotman's not playing center. He's playing guard. Well, who's the backup center? Josh Sokol's been playing Sokol. second team center. I want to see Sokol. Second year guy from Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, defensive line is going to be the most interesting one for the sole fact that we don't know anything. Um, we know three things. Dean Lowry's going to make the team. Harrison Phillips is going to make the team. 
Tyrus Tonga is basically going to make the team, barring well, anything drastic. Pitzelden is the starter at nose tackle. Yeah, but we also talked about how that depth chart was lying. I hope that one's not a lie because I really like Tonga. And Everything it, I'm hearing, he's the starter at nose tackle. Yeah, but he's getting a lot of work with the twos, and that's what, they've been doing so many weird rotations with this defense. I don't really know um, who is truly a one, who's truly a two, because I've seen him get a lot of reps with the ones. I've seen him get mm-hmm. a lot of reps with the twos in multiple packages. So I don't know. Even we think we know, but we don't. Um, I would say he's a soft um, lock for the roster, and that leaves three other roster spots. One of them is probably going to be Jacol and Roy, the rookie fifth round pick, projected to be a first round pick going into the twenty twenty two season. LSU was a disaster; it did not end up happening, and you had him as a sec- as a fifth round pick. Could be a potential steal, but there are so many factors that we're not going to counter chickens before they hatch. Zoe at the same time. And I want to see uh, Jaqueline tomorrow night. I want to see what this kid can bring from the interior. No matter where they line them up. And I'm curious to see where they line these guys up. Mm-hmm. Which gaps. Yeah. And it's, I think it's going to be a lot of it's going to be situational. Um, one guy I want everybody to watch, and that is last year's fifth-round pick, Asesi Otomewo. Here's why. He's a defensive tackle. He's like a five-technique thing inside into three-technique. So five-technique is basically um, shading on the outside shoulder of the, the defense. Sorry. He's, he's basically lined up right over the offensive tackle. He's been standing up there in that seven-technique, which is like a couple steps over. Standing up like an edge. That's interesting. And I'm curious if they see him as a potential Trey Flowers-like player where they can just move him everywhere. That's intriguing to me. And I want to see how this progresses because I noticed it right away during practice and I kept noticing it. I want to see how this goes. I think he's probably making the team. And then the sixth guy, if I had to guess... Who is he gonna make the team? Maybe Jonathan Bullard. But there's there's a lot of like guys who should be on an NFL roster on this defensive line. I wouldn't call it a deep unit, but going from guy six to guy nine or ten, you're not getting a huge drop off. And in that sense, the Vikings are deep. So they're not really gonna go wrong with who they end up picking from this group. And they're really gonna we're really gonna see a lot from these guys moving forward in the preseason for who really wants to win. Well, you talk about a says moving out. I think that part of that is the reason we're going to see that is because you might see Davenport move in quite often, probably Davenport yep. move in and you might see Hunter move in and you're going to see the line moving all over the place to cause mismatches and confusion like Zimmer did against New Orleans back in the day. You're going to see a lot of that from Flores, and I think if Asesi can make a name for himself and go, hey, I can play three-tech, five-tech, and I can move out to seven, which is edge, and still do serviceable work, that that makes planning for an offensive line all that worse because they're going to go in there and go, oh, shit. All right, now. 
we're going to look at, you know, they're going to each offensive lineman during the week will look at their opponent and they'll look at tendencies. They'll look at, see if they can spot tells, whatever. And on the defensive line, there isn't a whole lot of tells, but there could be some as to setting up pass rush moves. So they may be looking for that. Well, suddenly they may be used to, hey, I'm focusing on this one guy on this one team that we're playing this weekend. Well, now they're playing the Vikings, and instead of having to focus on this one guy that I have to worry about, if you're at center, i got to worry about Kyrus Tonga because Kyrus Tonga is doing this, right? They may go, holy shit, i got to worry about Kyrus, i got to worry about Asese, i got to worry about Davenport, i got to worry, and suddenly they've got to watch all these guys because they're moving around in playing in different positions, and this could be a very big strategic advantage for the Flores defense if it works, and these guys can do that because it's mm-hmm. going to make it all the more tougher for that opposing offense to get ready for them and to call the correct blocking assignments. So I, mm-hmm. I look forward to that. I hope it says he can do that. I would love for him to do that. The whole positionless football. Right? I want you yes. to play here for this play and there for the next. And if you can do that and you can be great, boy, you can punch your own ticket because there's not many people in the league that can do that. And it is such a tactical advantage. Yes. I'm very intrigued to kind of see how this defensive line plays out. Edge rushers, you're not seeing Hunter. You're not seeing Davenport. You're going to get probably get a good amount of DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones. And I think both of them, you can pretty much lock into making the team. I was very weary on Wanham for a long time, mainly because of the salary and how he's played. But you also want to look for signs of what the team is showing you. And they're moving them in drills to do like seven-on-seven drills where they're defensive or they're like dropping linebackers because they're going to be doing a decent amount of dropping with how these zero blitzes look. So I think that they're both probably going to be making the team. We'll see. But will they keep a fifth guy like last year? Is Luigi Villain going to take another step, or is he just a dude? They invested a lot of money in Andre Carter II. He's not ready. Not even close. He can zoom around the corner, but he like almost stonewalls himself because uh, <laughs> he just doesn't have the strength, nor does he have the hand usage. And with hand usage, like if you get your hands on me, I need to be able to f- a hand fight. That's why some of these guys end up taking like jujitsu. Because in Muay Thai, because you use your hands so much. Or boxing, even. But yeah. yes. Well, you can't grab with your hands in boxing. So, like. No, but you can do. You can do. I've, I've demonstrated many times. It's an open hand shiver. Bam. Straight to the chest. If I'm an offensive lineman and I grab you by the pads like this, one, I want to stand you up. And two, I want to shed at least one of those arms. But before you get there, before you grab, I can pow. And it, it, it's, it's, it's almost a stunning type blow. But once you've locked on, now I want to come up and I want to come through that arm to disengage it so that it comes off and I now have freedom to move. You may grab me here, but if I've got the momentum going by you, I can still win the rep. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got this, I can just bury my shoulder and go through you. That's that's part of a bull rush. A bull rush is straight, generally straight on through you, but you could do it also sideways. 
either one works. So if he can't, and I understand he can't as well. If he can't, if a tackle grabs onto him, he's done, right? Because they're not going to let him go. His, Carter's is quick, fast, bend, go. But if he's locked on, he's lost the rep. You don't want to lose the rep. The whole idea is win the rep. He's going to take time to develop. Question is, will he get through to the practice squad? Because I think he's getting cut as well. Um, I don't see them keeping it. Even at the investment, they're just going to chalk that up for a loss. But I think he's going to make the practice squad because everybody else is seeing the same reports we do. We'll see. It's interesting. Now, you talked about um, who was it? You mentioned another outside guy. Luigi. Luigi. I think Luigi Villain has a chance to make this team. It's going to be interesting to watch him tomorrow night. I look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see how these edge rushers fare. I don't think anybody else has a really shot to make the roster. Maybe a Curtis Weaver sneaks onto the practice squad, but we'll see. We are running out of time here, so let's kind of blitz through uh, the last couple groups. Look, Ooh, linebackers like about Ivan blitz. Pace Jr. Look, Ivan Pace Jr. is the guy you want to watch, and mm-hmm. we'll see how he performs. That's pretty much it for the linebackers because I I don't – Troy Is Samoa going to play, or is he hurt? He's, a, he's not hurt. I don't – I don't. Where did you get that he's hurt? Somebody said he ha- hasn't seen him in practice the last couple of days. No, he's pr- he's been practicing. He's okay. uh, they've been doing some weird rotations with linebackers, okay. doing a lot of like Asamo has been heavy first and second team, Asimov. with Jordan Hicks, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not I'm not really too worried about it. Um, he may play, he may not. We'll see. Um, but seeing where Ivan Pace is at is good. Cornerback Ken. A guy like Tay Gowan make this squad. He's been really good in practice, and he's been playing hard. He's been really good in individual drills, special teams drills, and how can you translate that to game day? Like Some people thought he would be like a third-round pick. You end up going around seven. That kind of stuff happens all the time for a number of reasons. I like Gowan, and I think he's got talent. Now, can he translate it to the NF- to the actual games? We'll find out, but I think at the very least, he's going to be a player that ends up on the practice squad and gets elevated. So something to be aware of. Safeties, Lewis Seen. Watch Lewis Seen. He's going to play. And he, right now he's the fourth safety out of six in a really good safety room. What What is Lewis Seen? Um, I heard he was struggling during drills on Tuesday's practice. I've seen him up and down. He It feels like he's trying too hard. And he's thinking too much. When you're thinking, you're too slow. And it has nothing to do with being athletic. It's just your decision-making. You need to be able to make decisions on the fly and go, 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 go. Right. So he, hasn't moved to the sub, he hasn't moved his decision-making back to the subconscious yet. That and might not happen goal. for a little while. I think it will happen, but it's not happening right now. And look, the guy snapped his leg in half in England. Like, let's, let's be patient because sometimes the mental aspect of that injury is not talked about enough. And lastly, kicker. We have mm-hmm. a real kicking competition between Jack Podlesny and Greg Joseph. It's real. It's not fake. It's not make-believe. They kept Ryan Wright last year when Jordan Berry was coming in as the odds-on favorite by a lot. Everybody was like, oh, Ryan Wright's just a camp body. Well, he made the team. 
And that could happen with Podlesny. He looked like a better kicker on Mondays during practice when I was there. So that's kind of what we're looking at here. We're looking at a lot of those things. You're looking at players. You're looking at where guys are slotted, looking at individual performances. Um, Obviously, you want the Vikings to win, but if they don't, it's not a big deal. It would actually be great if they had to do a two-minute drill so you can get Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins some experience in those situations. Or the defense, too. Like This is about situations and trying to do your best. So we'll see how things go. And the Seahawks are a really good team to face. Uh, look, 9 p.m. Um, I don't think we're going to have a an instant reaction here. But maybe we can talk no. about doing something Friday morning. Um, we'll, uh, if we decide to do something, you will know. Uh, but that's yeah, it for I've, I've already told everybody the when we go live on a post game in the final two minutes, it's not going to be this week. It may be next week. I don't know. It's going to be at least week one of the regular season. I've got to build up a whole new setup for that. So, and then we'll all be ready, whether it be you, me, Darren, Justin may hop in on a every other week basis. All that so that we can go live at the final two minutes, but it's not going to be tomorrow night. Cool. Well, we'll have at least some kind of post-game coverage for you in some capacity. You may have to wait till Sunday for it, but we will have something that much, I promise you. Thank you very much for watching. If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, and comment. Help us build the algorithm in this channel. We are almost at 900 subscribers after starting March 13th. Yeah, we are kicking yeah. some butt, and we are going to continue to make some great Vikings content. This is going to be all gear round. Thank you very much for joining us. We are going to be back on Sunday with two old bloggers, Dave and Darren, talking about the game. There is a chance that Dave and I find a way to do some kind of post-game show on Friday. We will we will talk. We will get you. It probably just end up being a special edition of The Real Forno Show where the two and I just talk shop. And then... I will be back next Monday and Wednesday talking about your Minnesota Vikings. Until then, like, subscribe, comment, do all the fun things to help us grow this channel. Share with your friends. I'm cool. I'm nice. Dave's better. Look at his beard. <laughs> like, let, let's have some fun. You guys have a great time in these comments. And even though we don't always get to them because we have lots to talk about, we greatly appreciate you and we see them. And it, the camaraderie is awesome. Until then, I'm Tyler. He's Dave. These are my dogs. Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching the Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.